With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We Are Podcast, part of DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Jared Prigar, and I thank you for turning in on this glorious Sunday morning after a Penn State loss to Indiana. Wait, what? That's right. If you were born under a rock, you saw the controversial finish in overtime. Indiana upsets Penn State for the second time in their program's history. The first time they beat a top 10 team in over 30 years. And we were there for it all. The turnovers. The missed field goals. The... The scoring when you're up one with under two minutes left. Every piece of stupidity and terrible decisions we were there for. And let's get right in. Minute and 47 seconds left. Penn State forces a four and out for Indiana. Indiana has one timeout remaining. You think at the 14-yard line, you could probably afford to take a knee. Might hurt the team rushing stats. But victory formation is the greatest formation in and football. Why not get into it? Nope. We're going to run the ball. Get as much as you can and get down, James Franklin said after the game was the plan. Devin Ford, late to the memo, scored. To the delightment of the opposing team, and in something that in 29 years of my existence, I've never seen an opposing team so excited to see somebody score. By the time that Ford realized it was too late, or realized what was going on, it was way too late and the damage had already been done. Indiana gets the ball back. Michael Penix takes the team down, scores on his own, both the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Then Tom Allen decides to kick an onside kick. Penn State recovers around midfield with the leg of Jordan Stout get anywhere between 40 and and 50 you can probably get a field goal off so they get to where he's at a 57 yarder which is his record uh, set against Pitt last year just short we go to overtime Sean Clifford finds Parker Washington they kick the extra point 35-28 all Penn State has to do is stop Indiana. Something that, you know, for the first three quarters of the game, they were able to do unless the offense put them in a corner. Then Penix happens again. Completion. First down. Finds the end zone through the air. Indiana calls a timeout. Sets the stage. 35-34. Tom Allen, who's had plenty of close battles throughout his career in the Big Ten and with Indiana, including against Penn State, faced with a season 
on the line in the first game against a top 10 ranked team. He goes for it. Two point conversion. Penix leaps. The ball is down. Whether you want to believe that it's across the plane or not is to be determined. Now there are some gambling websites that say they're giving you the money back. But call on the field, lengthy, lengthy review. Not sure whether the officials were just deciding on the play or trying to get dinner. Uh, Not knowing that everywhere in in Indiana is probably closed by the time the game ends. It is upheld. Indiana wins. And it's mass hysteria for the team. And it's a great win for the program. Terrible loss for Penn State. Great win for Indiana. And it, if there was just a, a microcosm of 2020 in a nutshell, it was this game. Obviously, these teams haven't played in almost 10 months. So there was rust. There was just bad football. There were bad decisions. It's been a while. They had no they had no spring ball, essentially. No spring game. And we're in the middle of October as we start the season. Um, it was just a recipe for disaster. And as we've seen week in and week out, you just never know what you're going to get when it comes to... Um, college football and this was this proved that point more than any any game that I've seen all year um, now Indiana is a very talented team Penix is a, is a great quarterback the arm isn't quite as accurate as you'd want it to be but with his legs he more than makes up for it and that's that's a success for uh, for a winning quarterback in the Big Ten now Penn State had a hundred yards in penalties false starts pass interferences Holds, you name it, targeting, you name it, they did everything they could to get penalized for it. And ultimately, it cost them. As much as you want to say Devin Ford not going down cost the team a game, it's not one play. It's it's a multitude of factors. Sean Clifford throwing two interceptions that turned into points for the Hoosiers, that's a big factor. Those are big factors. But the penalties... Some of them kept Indiana drives going. It was just a bad batch of football, which is incredibly uncharacteristic for Penn State under James Franklin. Usually one of the more prepared coaches uh, in the Big Ten, or at least he claims to be, they just did not seem ready. Maybe they were too focused on COVID measures. Maybe they were this. Maybe they were that. But the rhythm that their offense just did not have, and some of the decisions they made in the first half, ultimately cost them the game in the second. You tried out Will Levis in the first half to sp- for I don't know what reason. Um, and it's not even fair to call it a lion package because he didn't line up anywhere other than quarterback. And I don't think that that's fair to Tommy Stevenson and the success that he had uh, in 2016 and 17 as, as, as the lion. And not the nitty lion, but the lion in the package. He gets a delay of game. Which gives Penn State more room to screw things up. Then, late in the half, he fumbles the ball. And he just kind of looked lost out there. And as something that Sean Clifford said following the game, they all prepare to be the starter. And, well, the starter, starting quarterback in the first half, whether you want to look at it when you look at it as Clifford, neither one of them were prepared. But it is what it is. Now, they'll get over it eventually. They don't have a choice. But what's going to be interesting is how they recovered. Because next week, 
the Ohio State Buckeyes come to town for a primetime matchup in front of the families of the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions. So how they get over this, and Penn State is known for having a steamroll effect when it comes to losses, is going to be indicative of how great of a coach and how how well James Franklin can get his guys focused to go and compete against Ohio State and get their first win of the season. Ryan Day brings his undefeated Buckeyes to Happy Valley next week for a tilt that will feature game day throughout the day. And the 1-0 Buckeyes taking on the the 0-1 Nittany Lions. In what world, and in only 2020, I think we can imagine that this is a real thing that's happening. It's it's going to be bizarre to see just just family in the stands at Beaver Stadium, just like it was at Memorial Stadium against the Hoosiers Saturday night. But they, James Franklin needs to have his guys ready. What is the makeup of Sean Clifford? Can he handle being on a losing team and playing well against the Buckeyes? Can he do enough to put Penn State over the top? Because guess what? They lost. They could. They could have lost Noah Kane for quite some time today. You all with a with some sort of injury. I believe lower body. Of course, Penn State won't tell us anything, and that's fine. Um, but you don't have Journey Brown. You don't have Noah Kane, and right there are your top two rushers. So now you've got Devin Ford, Kevon Lee, and Isaiah Holmes, and and then your you're beyond your your four and five stars, and you're you're really digging deep into your depth. Not to say that those guys couldn't handle it, but when you're trying to win the Big Ten and and win against Ohio State, those guys aren't necessarily going to cut it. Um, but we'll see. The play of Parker Washington as a true freshman was was solid today. His ball skills were excellent. Hauled in a touchdown in overtime. Jahan Dotson played pretty well, had a long touchdown um, to set Penn State up rather uh, rather well uh, to give them the, the lead, if I'm not mistaken, um, before Devin Ford's touchdown, obviously. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of the gates. It's an extra day of waiting. You don't get to play at noon or 3.30. You have all that time to think and dwell on Ohio State on this, on that the overthinking aspect of it and frankly they have to come out better than they did today, they played terrible and it's not even that they played terrible, They were there was just no offensive rhythm, there was no desire they put up a lot of yards and it did not result in a lot of points, now of course they hit the over t- late in the game. But it's it's a situation where you've got to turn those drives into points. You missed two field goals that last year were made. Jake Pinniger missed two field goals this today's game, and that's all he missed last year. So the issue here is execution. How prepared were they? Can they get over that and be prepared to take on Ohio State 
and to upset them because currently it's an upset. That's their big brother. That's the that's the team that they need to beat to prove that they belong in the talks at the top of the Big Ten. And they've only been able to do that once. And it was four years ago. And it was the Block Six game. They ended up playing in the Big Ten Championship that year. But for that to happen this year, they need to come out on all cylinders. You know, they the Buckeyes beat Nebraska, even though Scott Frost claims that Nebraska's back, and that's been the talk for years. Nebraska's not back. They got thumped 52-17. to 17. And Nebraska is on the Penn State schedule in November. So, and while we were traveling to the game today, the game was close. So, and, and then Ohio State pulled away. It's who's going to maximize their practice time to get to where they need to go. Now, there were some bright spots against Indiana. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. played rather well. He had a, a great sack on the first drive, had a p- pass breakup, and uh, as well as five tackles. So that's good as a redshirt freshman to come in and have success immediately in your first game against a Big Ten team. Uh, Lamont Wade played fairly well, had a, ga- had a mistake on a kickoff return. But a lot of it is jitters. It's the first game. This year, you don't have the the luxury of playing a Kent State or a UMass or an Ohio. So you you play against a a quality Big Ten opponent, and they did against Indiana. So it's how can you recover? How do you keep this from snowballing to an extent where you don't want to be playing one of the lower-seeded games on championship weekend? How do you get your team back to where you want to go? And that goal is, first, a Big Ten championship. We will see James Franklin's best coaching job this week if they want to have success against the Buckeyes. Can they? Absolutely. They do have the talent. But there's got to be a mesh. The offense didn't quite mesh. You trot in Levis. That's not going to work against Ohio State. You're going to have to bring your A-game every play. And the offensive line, he sprung a couple of runs. But keep in mind, you're on you're on running back number three already, and it's it's game two. Right? You can't stay you can't you can't stay healthy right now at the running back position. Now, when Journey Brown comes back is anybody's guess. You would hope that it would be for Ohio State, but as is always with Penn State and these issues, we just won't know until it happens. This week, we didn't even get a travel roster. So, take that for what you will. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle everything. Now, Ryan Day is a great coach. Ohio State's had, had a bunch of success. They're a perennial top five, top three team. And they've had Penn State's number. Can Penn State do what it takes. Can they get over that hump and and upset the Buckeyes and just create mass havoc in the Big Ten East, in the Big Ten overall, and in the country as a whole? That's going to be, that's going to remain to be seen. But, it's, Penn State's going to have to be a lot better if they even want to compete against Ohio State. They got away with some stuff against Indiana because they are the more talented team. But, Against Ohio State, 
Ohio State's got the more talent. But are they the better team? And that's what we're going to see from Penn State next week. Can they get there? We're going to find out. But thank you, as always, for listening. Please rate, subscribe, everything you need to do to make this podcast work even better. And if you have any suggestions, you can find me at at jprugar26 on Twitter. Best of luck and enjoy your Sunday.